0: Make sure you grab a bulletin this Sunday. Again, remember as we are proud to boast that St. Mary's has the best bulletin in the entire Catholic Church. And when you, when you grab it, I wrote the article in the pastor's desk about my excitement at our RCIA class this year. As I mentioned over the homilies for the past couple of Sundays, we have 33 people being that's going, God willing, to be received into the church of the Easter Vigil. 33. It is the largest class we've ever had in decades. So praise the Lord. And and so to all of you, if if you are here at this at this mass, I want to reiterate, speaking directly to those thirty-three people, I want to repeat the words of St. Paul in the second reading to you specifically. We give thanks to God always for all of you. Remembering you in our prayers, unceasingly calling to mind your work of faith and labor of love. We give thanks to you, 33 sons and daughters about to receive into the church. Which always leads to another question. Because here are our 33 brothers and sisters who are making that willful decision and saying... I wanna be part of you. And for us who have been baptized Catholic, I wanna ask you, why are you Catholic? It's always a great question to reflect upon. Why are you Catholic? Because if we simply say, oh, especially for me, being my Filipino background, for the vast majority of us were Catholic because our ancestors were Catholic. Or, for, or for from a Latin American country, same thing. Whoa, I'm, I'm Catholic because I'm from a culture that's Catholic. Or anybody else in here, if, you, if your family is Catholic. And if our answer is simply because my family is Catholic, that's why I'm Catholic, that's not enough. We have to have ready answers because one day, I guarantee you, your faith will be challenged. Someone will come up to you, maybe they'll knock on your door in the afternoon, smiling at you, and they will challenge you, and they'll point out seemingly verses in the Bible which challenges the Catholic faith, and someone's faith could be rocked by that if they're not prepared. Or, one day, you will meet an irritating priest. If you haven't already, that guy might be me, in fact, huh? You might be scandalized by a member of the clergy, and that could rock your faith. Or you meet somebody who goes to church, and then their life doesn't reflect the gospel, then we can be scandalized by a witness or lack thereof of a Catholic. Or how about this? It doesn't even have to be directly challenged, but what if when the trials and tribulations of life hit us, And we're crying out to God, God, we're praying. And then God seems silent. That could challenge our faith. Why are you Catholic? Even if I wasn't a priest. I am Catholic because of love. That's it. I am Catholic because of what it cost Jesus Christ for me to be Catholic. The Catholic Church, that word church, comes from a Greek word, meaning ecclesia, the Greek word translation of the word English in ch- church. It means those who are called out. That's what the word church means. Those people who are called out. In Spanish, it's a little easier to hear the connection because what is the Spanish word for church? Iglesia. What is the Greek word for church? Ecclesia. Or in Latin, what is the Latin word for, for church? very similar so the word church means those who are called out of the world which leads to another question what price did Jesus Christ pay to build the Catholic Church behold that is the price Jesus paid For me to be Catholic. To be called out of the world, Jesus Christ poured out every ounce of his blood. Therefore, if Jesus Christ poured out his blood in order to build the Catholic Church in this outpouring gift of love, now I must respond in like kind. I must respond in love. When they asked Jesus a specific question, Jesus, remember when they asked him, Jesus, What is the most important commandment? Do you remember what our Lord said? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind and your strength. Love the laying down of one's life for the good of the other. Those who are called out is who we are. And it's precisely this distinction which gives the gospel reading today all its fervor. So it's a famous one-liner. To repay what is Caesar, what is Caesar's, and to God, what is God's. There are two groups here that are challenging Jesus. The Pharisees and the Herodians. And it helps to understand who these two particular groups were. The Pharisees were the leading group of religious leaders of the Jewish people. They were the most, well, probably the most powerful group at that time period. So they teamed up with the Herodians. The Herodians were those people who had supported King Herod. Hence the name Herodians, King Herod. And what Herod was, Herod was the puppet king of the Romans. Because remember, who's in power at this time? The Roman Empire. And whenever Rome would dominate your country, they would uplift a puppet king who would do their bidding so that's king herod and so the herodians are those people supporting the fake king so the fake king the herodians and then the pharisees the two leading powers they had gone together and they have conspired to trap our lord but they forgot one thing jesus is very smart he sees precisely through their plans. And he asks this pivotal question thinking, ah, oh, this is a full-tight trap, and Jesus will, whether w- he answers either way, we got him. Because notice this, if, when they asked him, is it lawful to pay the census tax or not to Caesar? If he says, no, don't pay the tax to the Roman Empire, now they can say, they can go to Pontius Pilate, the governor of Rome, and say, Pontius Pilate, did you hear what this rebel rouser is preaching he's telling us not to pay the tax to rome he's a rebel arrest him but then if he says yes pay the tax then he can go to the jewish people and he say see he's colluding with the roman empire our enemy thinking oh we got jesus now so whatever way he answers we can finally arrest him and get rid of him and then our lord takes the coin He holds it up in front of them. So now imagine in your imagination, in your mind. Jesus holding up the coin in front of everybody. Alright. Whose image is on it? What inscription? On every Roman coin, there was an image of the emperor. And around the image of the emperor, it read in Latin, Tiberius caesar augustus son of the divine augustus that was the inscription on a roman coin tiberius caesar augustus son of the divine augustus you see at this time period the roman emperors fancied themselves gods and so essentially what he's holding up here he's holding up a fake image of the son of God and then now Jesus says you repay the fake son of God what belongs to him and you give to God what belongs to him Jesus makes a distinction the world and God. What belongs to Caesar? The money, the power, honor, more pleasure, all of those silly things we distract ourselves from God with. Jesus, our Lord, is saying, give it to him. Give him his petty power, honor, and pleasure. You give it to Caesar. Let him have it. But you, you belong to God. Because what belongs to God as revealed to us in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, it says that every single one of us is created in the true image and likeness of God. Not the fake God of the Roman Empire, printed on silver and gold, Not the fake God, held up by legions of army and violence and torture. No. The true sons of God, us, who have been called out of the world, stamped within us now, is our true divinity, rooted in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That is what Jesus says belongs to Him. Let the world fight over peanuts. You let, them, let the world fight over that. Not us who are called out of the world. We belong to God. That is why I am Catholic.